Hey y'all! Today on Now That's Life, we're going to discuss the very popular term self-care. Now I know if you like me, you tired of hearing it thrown around, it's everywhere, it's with everybody, and we don't really know what it is, and even more importantly, what it is not. It's becoming such a hot topic everywhere that many of us simply don't get the true meaning of what it's meant to do for us, and how it's meant to improve our lives. So with the new year approaching, it's time to clean all of that up and get to the best way to the bag of life y'all know i'll be trying to coin these new terms but the bag of life that helps us and helps you help yourself i'm your host dr nina ellis hervey i'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of texas and louisiana i'm a licensed specialist in school psychology a nationally certified school psychologist an associate and tenured professor and a certified professional life coach And this is the Now That's Life podcast. Now, while I want this podcast to be a helpful and also a great resource to you, it's definitely not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. So before we go any further, one of the most popular questions I'm asked about over on my YouTube over on Instagram is how do you build a self-care or pampering routine? What is yours? What do you do? And you all know, I just recently posted a video on that. So if you're interested, I've linked it in the show notes. But what I want to do is make sure I give you a distinct, a distinct definition of what it is. And then we're going to go into the things that it is not. So one of the biggest things we have to know is according to Dr. Kristen Lee, a licensed clinical social worker, that self-care can sometimes be confused with self-indulgence or selfishness, but it's neither of those. Self-care is a daily practice, one that is deliberate and intentional and a process of tending to the mind, body, and spirit. And y'all, I couldn't agree more. I feel like a lot of times we're taught that if we give to ourselves in a positive manner, it is negative. However, we can be down in the dumps, down and out, rolling all over in the floor for everybody else. And, you know, we're selfless hero of the day. And a lot of times we need to pull a lot of that out of our lives in order for us to be our best so that we can serve others even better. So I want to discuss that just a little bit deeper. So in order to create a great framework for today's podcast and to be the most laid back Dr. Nene y'all know, I wanted to make sure that I frame this after a article by Cami Pedroja. She is on the website, The List, and I'm going to link that in the show notes. But they talk about seven different things that self-care is and is not. And I've kind of reworked those to fit some of the things that I discuss as well while using some of their points for guidance. So the first thing that self-care is not is overextending yourself to impress everybody. Like often we think that we win and when we put ourselves last until we stress ourselves out and our health is all over the place. It's horrible. Now, Dennis Portnoy, he's a psychotherapist and author of the book Overextended and Undernourished, a self-care guide for people in helping roles. He says that it's a common mistake for caretakers and people pleasers to be too focused on the needs of others at the expense of attending to their own needs. Now, what that does is it runs you in the ground. And at the end of everything, you have nothing left to give. So you're actually doing a 
big disservice to yourself, to others, to everything you plan to do and give to. You wonder why you irritable, down, depressed, upset. When you're over, when you're overextended, that does not make you a hero. That does not make you great. Actually, it just makes you stressed, annoyed, sometimes bitter. Y'all know I, I love to use that bitter word, but it really does. It makes you harbor resentment. And when you give too much of yourself and then you don't get that in return, you really start to get anxious and, and upset and wonder why. And you also question your value and while others are not putting that same energy into you. On the flip side of that, what self-care is, is accepting help when you need it. So you can be overextended or you can accept a health a helping hand and I know for a lot of us especially black women and women of color it seems to be really hard for us a really hard thing like you got to have a whole coming to Jesus meeting before you accept help from someone but you have to acknowledge that you can't do everything on your own and that's fine your journey won't won't be perfect it just won't I think many times one of the biggest things I get asked on my platforms is how do I do it all how have I made it so far and I cannot say that I've been the cause for all of that beyond my religious life beyond my spirituality there's also people in my life that don't want to see me fail. They invest in me like I invest in them and I invest in myself. I make sure that I ask for help when I need it. I failed at that in the past too. And I've seen others fail at that in the past. And what I end up seeing is people who end up burnt out. They end up burnt out. And so the best method is to check yourself and figure out when you really need help and be okay with that. Allow people to do things for you, even if they don't do it the way you like it. I know that was a big problem for me, and that's a problem I see with others that I've helped clients and friends and, and students. It's not always going to be done the way that you want it. It's not always going to be perfect, and people are not going to always offer help in a pretty package that you think it should be in. Sometimes it's not going to be that cute, but it'll get the job done. And maybe you should accept that type of help so you can do other things like rest, take care of yourself, be good to you instead of stressing out over the little things or sweating the small stuff. Give yourself permission to rest when it's needed. Call a trusted person to vent to, even if you don't want your problem solved. Getting it out could help you. And I had to learn that too. And one thing that I see often with people is they think that automatically when they tell their problems to someone that they need to make sure that that person is involved in solving a problem. Sometimes that's not it. Sometimes you just need someone to listen. That's why I'm always trying to make sure that I normalize and help you all understand that therapy is a powerful tool. A lot of times you just need someone to hear your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings. What's running through your head? What's causing you to tick and what's putting you behind? And sometimes you don't need the problem solved. You just need to get it out. And so make sure that you ask for help even in that way. If it's not a therapist, maybe a confidant. But y'all know I'm going to keep on going back to therapy because a lot of us that have experienced certain things in our lives, traumatic experiences and not, the benefits of mental health and helping services can be infinite. 
Now, this next one is a great one to keep your eye on, but self-care is definitely not being lazy and still engaging in things for hours on end. They help you and serve you in no way, shape or form, like watching TV all night long or knowing that you need to get up in the morning and just doing nothing, zoning out and vegging out and just chilling out until you're just absolutely exhausted. And when you do that, you're taken away from your mental storage, your physical storage, your emotional storage, and you're not building that back up. This can also add to you feeling less productive. And when you feel less productive, you feel worse about yourself. So you might be working yourself into another frenzy. And even if you sleep late, you might lose some valuable morning time and procrastinate on some real things that need to get done. And you might find yourself back at square one. So you're not so you're not self-serving. You're not causing yourself to do better, feel better, be better. You're actually taking away from yourself yet again. So just chilling out is not necessarily self-care. But what self-care is, is getting real rest and relaxation. So this means doing things that recharge you. You get enough sleep. You take a walk to calm yourself. You want to schedule short breaks to meditate or quiet yourself from your day, doing things that add to you. You might even just want to take a relaxing bath, sit in a tub of warm water because you know I ain't going to say hot water because half of us will be out here dry, thirsty, itchy, and ashy. We don't have time for that. However, sitting in a nice tub with some Epsom salt or something that soothes you, relaxes you, makes you feel good and better connected. That's much better than just doing mindless things or mindless behaviors that get you nowhere. So the next thing that self-care is not is buying any and everything to make yourself feel better. YOLO. Yeah, we only live once, but you don't want to live it broke and disgusted because you busted up your budget. So buying all the time can be a bad coping mechanism. It can be just as bad as a sex addiction uh, drug addiction and other addictions that are negative and maladaptive. So if you end up in debt, you can cause yourself to continue to be stressed and annoyed. So yet again, a vicious cycle and circle that keeps you stressed and depressed. Yes, buying things here or there feel good, but buying unnecessary and unneeded expensive stuff can simply stress you out over time. You know how else it'll stress you out? Is when you buy too much, and I think a lot of us have fallen victim to this. It's absolutely normal. You buy too much and you have nowhere to put it. So then you feel disorganized, right? So not only have you overspent, you might have gone into debt, but now you have no place to put things. And the things that really do matter to you get pushed back. You don't know where they are. So you end up double buying stuff that you don't need because you've lost it in the midst of items that are overpriced that you don't even need in efforts to make yourself feel better. So all of that adds up to possibly not feeling better at all. So what self-care is in this situation is dressing and adding items to your life that actually help you feel better. Y'all know I'm always telling you and, and trying to instill in you the value of helping yourself look better. Because when you look better, oftentimes you feel better. When you look better, you often feel you can conquer your day and you're competent and you're knowing and you're also deserving of respect and of things that help you feel good about self. So dressing better can help you look better, which can help you feel better, which can lead to better emotional and spiritual balance. And who doesn't want or need that? 
it makes you feel more worthy and care more about your actions and your words in your day. So it really does help to align you, help to strengthen you, help to give you a better foundation. So something just as small as having a favorite item that has some value and maybe it is more expensive, but you don't need 10 of them. You know, maybe just adding it to a lower price piece can even brighten your day, make you feel better, make you dress for success. And even small items I like to keep in, in the things that I have, like a nice pen, a nice notebook to keep my deepest and, and best thoughts and darkest thoughts too. Uh, or even just nice items for workouts or things like that. Just having something that you can hold on to that's special to you. You don't need 10 special things that are this very same. Just be very careful with that spending demon because sometimes we can overspend and overextend ourselves yet again, causing a vicious cycle that may only lead us to the dead end of feeling bad about ourselves yet again. Self-care is also not overindulging on crap. And I know many of us are really thinking about this one, being it, you know, being around the holidays and all these parties and all of these different things that are coming up. And not only that, just during the year period, we're faced with temptations and people telling us what we can afford to have and what we can't. It's amazing to me how people are not in our bodies and we still allow them to tell us everything about our bodies and what we need and what we don't. And I know it's around that time where people are often telling us what we can do and what we can't do and what we should have and what we got room for. And I can tell y'all, one of the biggest things yet again, that was, you know, one of the biggest feats in my life is losing that 100 pounds, keeping it off over 14 years. And I can tell y'all how many times I still hear, oh, you know, you can eat that girl. You work that off in like 15 minutes. Oh, a piece of cake ain't gonna kill you however one piece of cake turns into 10 pieces of cake and I ain't saying you shouldn't have a piece of cake every now and again but you need to know what your own triggers are and what you can indulge in and what you can't so with that said I've had so many people tell me how good food makes them feel as a person who once was 100 pounds heavier I get it I really do. I side with that. I can definitely say that that has been something that in my life and in the lives of others that I've worked with, that is a big thing. Food can definitely take on the form of addiction for many. But after the sugar and fat rush go away, there's a feeling of guilt, gluttony and just plain disgust. So yet again, you have that vicious cycle. You have that high of the food and it makes you feel great. And even if you've been coerced or somebody told you it's okay to have, it still can leave you feeling bad. A part of self-care is realizing when that's coming up and also being able to stop that so that you can protect your feelings later on, not just the right now, but what's to come. So that high is temporary and the low though can result in obesity, high blood pressure and bad health overall and that's a big price to pay for something that was just a very temporary happiness or or perceived happiness so what is self-care in this situation is treating yourself every now and again and we all have to learn that we don't have to have treats all the time to feel good about ourselves sometimes it's spacing out that timing that gives us something to look forward to 
So this means setting up eating habits that work for you and don't leave you feeling guilty. You don't want to be bent over, crouched over and mad and then have to go get another bag of chips to feel better about the last three you just indulged or overindulged in. And again, that's not to shame anyone. It's just to point out our behavior so we can be even better. So if you mostly head for the healthy food and exercise and take care of you, a treat or two a week won't kill you within reason, right? So keep in mind that what throws you off track and in writing that down and knowing what that is can definitely help you in your journey. And also keep in mind the things that keep you motivated and what you can and cannot have. Overindulging does not work in any level. And I'm not just talking about food, but overindulging again in spending or in things that you just like to do because you like to do them. You have to watch that. Be very careful about it. And even, I mean, just something as innocent as watching YouTube videos. God forbid. I love you to watch my YouTube videos. But if it's keeping you from important things in your life, you need to evaluate that. So I hope y'all are enjoying the podcast just as much as I am. We're going to take a quick break and come right back for the second part of the show. That when you start off doing it for other people or doing it for some reason that's beyond just taking care of yourself and making yourself feel and look better, you fail. You fail. Um, Mainly because your judgment of self is falling into someone else and it's secretly and also kind of sickeningly (laughs) serving the purpose and serving other people as opposed to you. When it becomes important to you and it becomes an important extension of your journey, you'll do it more effortlessly and you'll do it because you know that it's adding to your self-value. So another thing is you don't have to even try all these silly fad diets or run every marathon or even work out ridiculously to maintain an appearance for others and i know we can fall into that with the dating scene you know you dating a new health nut you want them to think you bad it bad it you out here you running you doing this and you doing that or you might have an event coming up and you just want to lose a bunch of weight so other people think you're looking good You know, not necessarily for you. And when we fall into that trap, then it's not self-care anymore. So exercise to help yourself look and feel good and be better, not just physically, but also mentally and even spiritually. So it's literally for your health and going too far can work you right out of your good health goals. So what self-care is in this situation is scheduling time for regular and dedicated exercise. Just know that exercise can help you relax. It can clear your mind and give you permission to dedicate time to yourself and feel like you're giving something back to you. Again, it ain't selfish to think about you. You only got you at the end of the day. And I don't mean that in a way that's demeaning. Yes, you have your family, you have your friends, you have those immediate relationships in your life. But at the end, if your health deteriorates because you're not taking the proper time for self-care, then no one can save you from that but you. Now, this one might shock and surprise all of y'all, but I hope not. Self-care is not always going out at the expense of everything else important to you. Yeah, it's fine to head out to a good happy hour or two, have some time with some friends, kick back. And yeah, we like to be lit. We like to be the fun life of the party every now and again, but not every night. Come on. Now, it's fine to go to a meetup or two and meet up with friends occasionally, but we got to be careful. 
So always needing to be out on the scene to avoid real life, like causing you to be late and behind in the mornings or late to work or missing work or skipping out on projects, times with friends or family. That can definitely destroy the your quality of life as you know it. And so while you think you popping off and you having fun and you getting out here and people know who you are, you might be limiting life overall. Because guess what? Not all those people are going to be out every night because they know the limitations and they know what they can do and what they can. And they're going to take care of their business while you're feeling less productive and bad about yourself. So if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, because you're not engaging in the things that should be helping you become more fulfilled in life to build on your foundation yet again, to help you be even better and to do more professionally, uh, personally, all of that. You can't do that always being out. So you have to pick and choose when you're going to be out and when you're going to do certain things because they can actually all this outing and doing certain things can actually take away from you. And and this is a thing of maturity too. I think some of us have not learned yet the value of actually instilling and bettering ourselves. Sometimes going out is to be there for other people and not for ourselves. Sometimes we just need to rest, relax, allow God to rule and abide. <laughs> and I know that over the years I've slowed down. I think it's a natural thing with age, but I think younger on, even in my mid twenties, I started to realize the value of spending important and great time with people that are important to you, that enrich you, that help you to feel better. And that leads me into what self-care is when this comes to this. And that's scheduling occasional friend dates. That's like connecting with friends within meaningful times and going to meaningful places that gives you a sense of togetherness, comfort, and closeness. And these are going to add to your life. I've always loved making those dates with people that when I'm with them, not because I'm taking from their energy, but because our energies meet, my tank is on full. I don't feel depleted. I don't feel tired because I've been drinking all night or whatever, all night. Um, I feel recharged. I feel like the time that we spent together was meaningful. It gave back to my life. It gave me perspective. It might've been a business meeting of the minds. It might've been just some times to discuss uh, family affairs or things of that sort of things that you want or a dream partner, someone that can meet you in the middle and talk about things you want for your life. You just want to make sure that you're doing things that are worth your time and your value and your, you know, your valuable life. That's going to add to you because if you're constantly taking away from it for others or at the expense of yourself, you're not going to feel good about yourself and you're going to be constantly working yourself into a negative space yet again. So meeting with these good people and, and spending time at meaningful places can provide a break from your day to day and give you something to look forward to. And it can also be an outlet for speaking with others about your feelings and also your thoughts. So keep that in mind. Self-care is not stopping healthy connections or isolating yourself. So while we're creating boundaries and it's good to create boundaries, you are not building walls. OK, um, I hear people talking about building boundaries all the time, and I do plan to do more of a podcast on that specifically. 
But one thing is you want to ensure that you're keeping those good and positive influences in your life. And of course, at some point in life, we realize that we can't avoid everything negative. So you just want to balance on that. And you want to balance on those people that might bring or present a little bit more negativity to your life. So nurture relationships and friendships with positive forces like your friends, your families uh, or your significant others and even your mental health professional, even with your therapist, making sure that you're scheduling appointments as needed, staying on top of that and staying on top of your needs. It's okay, like I said, to build those boundaries, but not at the price of cutting everybody off. You you don't want to just be alone and isolated because that can cause depression and anxiety as well. So what self-care is in that situation is building healthy boundaries from those who suck you dry. Let's be realistic. There are some life vampires out here and they are absolutely 100% negative and constantly in your face taking and draining every little piece of life that you get so telling people no is an art and I plan to do a podcast on that as well I haven't even fully mastered the no I know that it is a hard place and and sometimes you you know (laughs) you you slip right back into the pattern of saying yes a lot and you'll have yes seasons and you'll have no seasons but learning how to say no and standing on a firm no is important So you need the skill of saying no to protect your sanity. This also helps people to know just how far they should go with you because sometimes people test your boundaries and you need to be able to stand up for them. Protecting and preserving yourself is fine, especially when you're wanting to stop being dragged into any negative situations with not so great people. And some of us, we know who we are. We sit around and we prepare ourselves to be everybody's negative punching bag. So what they can't say to other people, they say to us. They tell us about everybody who's done them wrong in a week. And before you know it, you're drained. It's okay to set boundaries on that. I I know you can't always set boundaries on that, but it's okay to begin and give yourself permission with self-care and saying no. Well, that's it for today, y'all. I hope y'all learned a bit more about what self-care is and what it is not. I want you to make sure you stay tuned for more and tune in weekly for new episodes. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcasting platforms and networks of your choice. And make sure that you're tuning in whenever you see a new episode is posted. Sign up for my free e-newsletter at DrNinaEllisHervey.com and you'll also receive my free eight-day supernatural video course, which helps you to navigate life, to even learn about the essence of self-care and how to better yourself overall. Now, you can also find me on YouTube at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the same name. And y'all, I love when you post and talk about the podcast and let me know what you're thinking and what are your suggestions for future episodes. I really, really take those to heart and I love when you all speak back to me. So make sure that you're following me on those platforms so you know some of the things that are coming up and you can also share and DM me some of your suggestions. You can also email me and make sure you're over on YouTube community walls 
where I am able to post and vote on the next episodes for the podcast and other things. So thank you again for kicking it with me, y'all. And I'm hoping that we enter 2020 new, fresh, renewed, and ready for everything this new year has to bring. Dr. Nina signing out now. Peace.